Welcome to the e-commerce growth show brought to you by Segmentify. So hello everyone, this is Carlos again for another episode of the e-commerce growth show brought by Segmentify. Uh, this is the Scandinavian version, and today I have the honor of being joined by Lars Hedel. Is that correct? Absolutely. Perfect. <laughs> so Lars is the founder of uh, uh, an e-commerce platform, a company here, in uh, a digital commerce platform. Perfect. Yeah, but uh, you're right uh, about the pronunciation, definitely. Lars Hedel, I'm the CEO at Hisuhooks. Uh, I've been working with e-commerce for... 22 years now. It's a, it's, it's pretty wild to, to have been on, on this journey for so many years. Um, starting out with some of the first credit card payments online and then seeing what it has developed to today. Um, uh, while starting in the industry, I finished my master's degree in international marketing uh, and Jesus uh, was founded in 2002. And I then uh, have been the CEO since we started. So we have a, we're looking very much forward post COVID-19 to have a, a huge 20 year anniversary celebration uh, of, of our company. Um, today I have more than 150 colleagues, uh, both here where I am right now in Odense, but also in Aarhus and in uh, Venusborg in, uh, in Sweden. And we're, we're growing even more uh, outside of the borders of Denmark. Fantastic. Well, first off, congratulations. I think it's it's beautiful. All of the all of the guys that I know, I'll call guys, guys, girls, doesn't matter, but all the professionals, um, I think that been since the inception of e-commerce is exactly 20 years. So yesterday I was uh, with Casper Holst, you know, from yeah, Impact, so, yeah. 20 years as well. Uh, you know, Mariano from Vitex, about 20, 25 years. So, it, you know, you guys, you, you started right when no one believed that this was you know <laughs> this was something serious right and and i think it's it's very interesting when we're, we're talking about trends these days like when you look at crypto and NF nfts people don't take this seriously but it is serious right and, exactly. and there are transformations in the world that are very serious so first off congrats, uh, lars and and let's let's start man um so um before we talk about uh, you know, the series of th th that, that rundown I, I sent you, um, you were acquired, uh, your company has a who's was acquired uh, in January, right? A at least you announced in January an acquisition by a larger uh, venture capital firm from where, where no Norway they're from. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's Swedish. It's from, Swedish. Uh, from Sweden. It's from Swedish, but it's, it's a Scandinavian setup. Um, the the overall owner is uh, the private equity fund uh, Alsa, mm -hmm. uh, one of the by far largest ones in uh, in Scandinavia. And what they wanted was to make uh, an ecosystem of companies um, that together can make the the best offer to the market. So if you are a, a company wanting to use the opportunities with digitalization. Uh, this company made by Elsa, it's called Quantum Group. And you should have Quantum Group as top of your mind when you are going on, on this journey. And uh, th what, what they did was to, to make an analysis of 800 tech companies in Scandinavia. Uh, they, uh, they had a, a top list of the 
potential cornerstones, uh, and we were one of, of uh, one of the companies in this top list, and we were then the the first acquisition, as you say, back in, in January. We we signed the contract just uh, a week after New Year's Eve last year. Um, so we are the cornerstone. Then they they have added additional companies, uh, which also means that we as a digital agency. Uh, and also as a product company with the Biscuit e-commerce platform, we can add additional value to to the gains of our uh, our customers. Nice, Lars. Do you, do you still did you sell the company? I mean, everything, or you still you still have uh, uh, ownership in it? Uh, for 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 many years, we were we were owned by a family office called okay. Fancy Groups. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, they they saw an, um, a, a good timing of, of selling and quantum group saw a good timing of buying and i, I was then i had a uh, 17% of, of the company before and i have uh, reinvested most of uh, my former ownership so I, i'm still a, a significant but of course minority owner all right, all right, very cool, Lars. Um, uh, how about we speak? Thanks, thanks for sharing. Um, I, I think you got some amazing customers from very different verticals, if you like. So if you you have Baby Sam, uh, a retailer, I, I was with um, you know uh, Martin Mingo uh, from you know good friend, and uh, Baby Sam is a client of theirs as well. Um, but you also have, I think. I was looking at the logistics group. I mean, you have different customers yeah. from various verticals. Uh, Metas, of course, uh, yeah. you know, large, large uh, Scandinavian players. What do you make of retail these days? You know, in Scandinavia. Yesterday, Casper and I, we, they have a very interesting index that they publish about the 51 touch points and how Scandinavian companies compare to UK and French, because uh, he's also living in France. What do you make of uh, retail? Uh, let's say commerce in in Scandinavia these days. You know, let's talk about maybe what what. Of course, I know I, I've been doing this for for a long time, but I would I would love to have your to pick your brain. Uh, what's changed? Uh, you know, pre-COVID, today, how how are you seeing? Uh, and 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 your take on Scandinavian retailers? Yeah. Can start um, like that. I think it's it's a uh, it's pretty wild to see what has happened. Not only during COVID, but also over the years. Um, I during the Christmas break, I found the original business plan of Hisus uh, before we started the company. So it's a twenty-year-old business plan, and and it says at some point of time, e-commerce will be huge. It it, it and and we are there now. That's where we are. That's where Casper and his company, his rules, everyone is there now, and the retailers are there now too. So, what what we have seen is a development from e-commerce being okay. Let's try that to e-commerce being okay. Now it's growing to e-commerce being okay. We also attract additional uh, customers to our physical stores by having a good e-commerce store being omni unified everything connected and being business critical and i think that's what we have seen especially in scandinavia that's this development from being something let's try to being absolutely business critical and what you also see with many ceos of uh, large retailers today is the fact that they have a background more or less in digital 
they uh, few and few of them are traditional have a very traditional retail background and and we see with for instance with matas uh, the ceo group ceo of matas um the 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 gold award winner at the danish e-commerce awards last year he has a digital background of course he also has a retail background but that's a revolution that means that this is not something going on in just a corner of the organization it's all over the organization and that, and that we see with all of our customers in retail today then add to that that retail is not just retail anymore you, you we, we have to remember the direct to consumer approach now used by many brands so what is retail the complexity of the competitive landscape is just growing because this old value chain of someone producing someone reselling and so retailers and some end customers it's it has exploded that was how i learned it many years ago at the university but that's not how the world is today so the complexity of navigating in this and the opportunities have just been yeah they, they are it's much more complex and you need to move much faster and let's talk then about the, you know uh, uh, that is very interesting point that you just touched which is a, a they have a co-ceo is that it at metas or is it as just one ceo one ceo okay and he has uh, because some companies especially the digital companies you have co-ceos right yeah and and they they talk about Mariano used to talk a lot about the digital sort of uh, version. So let's say if you have a, C, a traditional CFO, you should have a tech CFO. So you can probably navigate faster and understand the complexities because it's, you know, it's not everything is digital. So you have SaaS uh, softwares for any 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 sort of department in an organization and so this what you said is really interesting um that he has a in this case specific case he has a a, a tech background right and he's a a, a techie ceo yeah. and 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 how's that so uh i don't think that is a common scenario but uh, do you see that changing more yeah, yeah because the org, the org chart is is probably uh, changing right in, in retail these days as well i think that's uh, what i'm yeah. trying to say yeah because what 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 retail needs to do and everyone knows that is of course to 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 go a more digital way everyone knows that and and if we if we stick to the case of matas uh, they have been growing from approximately 3% of the total revenue being online four years ago to uh, more than 25% now so so it's it's a huge transformation of the company so it's not just a corner of the company with some parts of it it's all of the company it's also a matter of for instance endless aisles in the shops being able to sell stuff that is normally you would say i'm sorry we don't have it here but uh, today they can sell it in the in the store and you might even uh, be in the store in um, in the morning and you can get it sent home to you your home address uh, the same night uh, from the central stock so so it's it's a matter of not seeing e-commerce or digitalization as just a silo or just a part of it but let it influence everything and and use all of the opportunities you have in the full company both in the physical stores and online 
and let those play together. And to be able to do that, you need a group of people at top management, uh, mid-management, and everyone in the company that is able to navigate in this. So, so digital competences uh, are simply, yeah, it's a, from what I see, it's business critical to, to have those competences. And uh, you might not have them, but then you have to learn them. That's, 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 that's also very interesting because I think it's, that wasn't planned and it's not going to come as a surprise. I'm sure you know this. You have, I, I just saw on your LinkedIn that you're hiring, uh, you have 10 positions open, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially for developers. I tell you that Denmark is, is I know like a community of Brazilians in Olense. Yeah, probably very good developers, and I think there's one at, at your company. <laughs> exactly, I, I do. I do have a couple of uh, Brazilian colleagues. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Because uh, uh, talent is a challenge, and there's a war today for talent, right? So yeah, um, we use the word war, but it is. Uh, you know, I, I know a lot of Brazilians who are going to either Canada, U.S. Some are, and 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 companies are paying top price because there's not enough. Uh, engineers, you know, developers uh, being um, formed, so yeah, to speak, yeah, in yeah. schools, right? So yeah. uh, the demand is huge, right, Lars? And and absolutely, yeah. And and that's that's where I, I want to get at with you. Like, what's what's the challenge then? Because you're talking about talent, right? Yeah. You're talking about the need for talent, and it's it, we're preparing for for our talk today. Uh, it was in fact one of thinking about trends and so of course you can talk a lot about acceleration of the digital because of COVID-19 but in the end what we see right now is this acceleration of digitalization and the, the demand from the companies but a huge problem because of the recruitment crisis. This recruitment crisis is it's not a local crisis at least it's a northern, northern European crisis or it's, it's even a European or perhaps a global crisis. It's global, Be yeah. because, because because we, where the demand just growing, growing, growing from retailers and everyone else uh, wanting to, to be even more digital and wanting to do it even more, we, we have ended up in a situation where we do not have enough uh, people with the right competences to deliver to, uh, to the full degree of the demand. And that's a pretty crazy situation. I remember uh, 10 years ago, we had a, a strategy day with the, uh, our board of directors and uh, we had some um, a future analyst uh, telling us about the recruitment crisis that would be somewhere in the 2020s. Uh -huh. But what has happened with COVID-19 is the acceleration of everything. Now it's not a matter of an e-commerce manager thinking that it would be a good idea to to uh, to accelerate the investments in e-commerce. Now it's a board decision that, please, top management, you need to accelerate your investments in digitalization and you need to do it now. And when everyone is doing that, influenced heavily by uh, COVID-19, it was growing already, but now it's just accelerating even further. When everyone is doing that, and we, for many years, have been have, have seen that at some point of time we have a, a cross between demand and supply. Looking at the competences and the, the people that that will we will need uh, to be able to deliver, then we in the end we end up with a problem. And we do have this problem all of us now. 
it's it's from the supplier side, from our side, but it's definitely also from the demand side because we cannot deliver what the market is looking for right now. It's it's a crazy situation, uh, and and it's it's not a matter of yeah, but then you can just uh, outsource uh, some of it. No, because everyone wants to to have these competences. So, uh, for instance, in in some European markets, the the wages have just been uh, skyrocketing over the last years. I was in Poland, and they said, you know what? Poland is the breeding house, breeding home for uh, top developers in Magento, uh, and you know, like Magento is yeah, kind of yeah. Uh, but like they were saying, hey, it's it's you're gonna pay maybe 200 euros an hour for a top developer, and they 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 can say no, they can even go higher. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's it's crazy, right? What's going on? So uh, it's difficult to find because everybody's got uh, the the good ones are are, are busy now, and and they, they they can charge as much as they they want, and so the market ends up paying, which inflates wages and well, yeah. And, and, and I think that the, the main conclusion to this is that as a retailer today, to win in the future, you need to be able to attract digital talent. Mm. If you're not able to attract it, if you are a bit fussy about your digital strategy or your overall strategy, how to use digitalization in your strategy, if you are not really, if you are still seeing it just as cost. Mm-hmm. then you cannot attract the best digital talents. And then over the years, you, you may end up in, uh, in huge problems, as we have already seen with, with some uh, major retailers uh, during the last uh, five or 10 years. But it's, 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 a, it's a race now to find the, the right people and, and to be able to attract them. It uh, is for all of us on the digital agency part of it. And it is definitely also... Uh, on the for for any retailer now, and that's why a company like Matas uh, has a, a very bold and ambitious strategy. They communicate it, they get the right people on board, and then they just skyrocket, uh, get winning all of the awards, but also being a success now. Um, they they are noted on the Danish stock exchange, so it's open numbers. Everyone can follow it, and and talent attracts more talent and so on but that ambition Lars comes from the the board man right or the, the you, you gotta have a board in their case in your case that that's that you know uh doesn't lock you in a leash you know what I mean yep. allows you to 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 be a visionary as well and, and pushes you towards that because otherwise if the board doesn't help it's the same with LinkedIn it's the same you know uh if the board doesn't you know believe then yeah it's just uh it's just you're just gonna be another one so to speak right our our new uh, main owner uh quantum group in fact um made an analysis uh of the relationship between digital competences uh, in the boards and the financial performance of the companies and you can see that there is a clear relation between those uh, the more digital competences you have, the more growth and the better profits. And, and I think that's, that's noteworthy because it's, then it's just not you and I thinking you should do that. Then it's really in the facts that if you don't have the competences on board in your management and your board and in general in your, in your organization, then you uh, won't perform at the level you should perform at.
And so since we're speaking about, uh, speaking of performance, what are, in your opinion today, some of the short term and based on what you're seeing that your clients are doing, short term actions, and then we speak also about long term, um, more like strategy that uh, brands and retailers and, and maybe B2B companies as well, because you have B2B yeah. com uh, customers there, right? Yeah. They can take to ensure uh, liquidity, but also to look at the future at, you know, what I spoke. So there's NFTs, there's crypto, there's <laughs> there's a bunch of stuff there that people sometimes don't take it seriously, but I think it's pretty serious. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a complex world. And and there are a lot of third parties uh, teasing us all. Uh, for instance, Facebook, what are you allowed to do? What are you not allowed to do? Cookies. TikTok just growing like hell, but how do you handle it as a brand? Uh, Insta, you name it. There's a, there's a lot of, of opportunities, but you also need, need to do it in the right way. When, when, it, when it comes to running a business, uh, I, I always remember back when I was at, um, uh, at, at uh, a local school, uh, having some, some business courses in the, yeah early 90s it was a lot of years ago but the basics of it was i'm from 85 no problem yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and and the basics of, of of this subject the subject was called uh, sales and service and and the basic was attract customers sell as much as possible convert as many as possible and maximize the basket size and when you when you when you when you have those three factors and you say we want to have many customers or many visitors we want to convert as many as possible and we we want them to have a, a huge basket size or at least the best possible basket size then you end up with if you follow that mindset also in the digital world you end up with the key key item momentum I've been watching a lot of uh, uh, NFL, and in NFL, everyone is talking about momentum. Who has the momentum? And I can assure you that what I've seen during these 22 years in e-commerce is that you need momentum. And you get momentum if you think like a classical old-school businessman attracting customers, selling to the customers, and making sure that the customers will be there again by giving a good level of service and so on. And that also means that, that you need to dig down into that short term. For instance, site search is one of the key areas of, uh, of, of giving positive results. In the case of Metas, uh, the, the site search project that, that we've made together with them is one of the key items in growing the conversion rate of Metas. Um, and, and in a company growing more than more than fifty percent, twelve quarters in a in a row uh, online, that's momentum, and that's about finding all of the different items where you can grow your online turnover. Um, recommendation is another good example. Uh, working with the assortment, using your data, using business intelligence to grow your company. Uh, to me, it's a combination of good old school stuff uh, that I and many other learned many years ago, and then the modern world, but it's still the same. It's a matter of attracting customers and sell stuff to those customers. And today we can measure uh, everything. Uh, 
that any, anything we want to, to measure. And of course, also remembering as a retailer, the robo effect, research online, buy offline. As you have seen from, from many, many different players, for instance, Google, that in many industries, it's uh, more than two thirds of all, um, uh, all, of all shoppers in physical stores, they started the customer journey online. So one thing is to have the good web shop, but the good web shop leads to additional sales in physical stores. Just remember um, some years ago, or 20 years ago approximately, when you bought a car, you in, in average you, uh, you visited six or seven car dealers before buying a car. Today you are visiting just over, in, in average, just over one car dealer. So the game has changed dramatically. It, it's a revolution in car dealing today because if the, the, the customer journey starts online, and then, of course, you need a physical car. A car is physical. You cannot order it from a UPS or anyone else. And perhaps in the end, you end where you can just order it and you don't have to pick up your car. But the, the, the main conclusion of that is the fact that this revolution we see in all industries, that the customer journey is king. The customer sometimes wants to be online, sometimes wants to be offline, and the customers choose where to be. So you need to understand not the customer journey of yesterday, but the customer journey of today and the customer journey of the future. And especially understanding the pains. Where are the pains? What is difficult? For instance, to specify a car. In the old days, it was very difficult. You got this leaflet and then you had to find out what to choose and then you had to explain it to a sales guy if you can just go online and tick off like you're buying something stuff online it's much easier so taking away paints is in the customer journey is really crucial also again Lars uh, I think this is this is very interesting what you're saying and we hear I mean there's there's all sorts of platforms you know e-commerce platforms technologies and they're uh, there's a bunch of, you know, uh, I think analysts, they, they are really good and consultancies at, at creating acronyms that no one understands. One of them is composable commerce. Uh, you know, you have unified commerce, composable commerce, you have a bunch of them. But since I think a lot of people are talking about composable commerce and why, why is that relevant today? And uh, you being the founder of a platform and, um, you know, I checked the, uh, the Biscuit website as well. You, you speak about being a composable commerce platform. I, I mean, I, I have ideas why that is relevant, but it would be nice to hear from you as well. Yeah, to be, to be honest with you, uh, the Biscuit platform has been around now for 19 years. Mm -hmm. uh, and especially 12, 13 years ago, we started uh, investing even more in the platform, but we were we were we were still a small small company. We were still a small company at that point of time. We did not have the the money for a huge um, huge setup. At the same time, we had already at that point of time very ambitious customers with a lot of demands for the customer journey. So, for instance, headless. We have been working headless during all of the years. We have never had a head. To the <laughs> yeah, uh, because it, it didn't really it didn't simply make any kind of sense because we knew that the customer journey adjustments were critical for these very ambitious uh, reach online retailers. 
Um, then another thing was that with the with the funding we had the the first years with the platform, we could not uh, make all the stuff we wanted to make. We had to to prioritize, and we found out that that having make or buy decisions was crucial. So we ended up with an ecosystem based approach. Uh, and then I think it was five years ago, approximately five or six years ago, I attended the Global E-Commerce Summit in, um, in Barcelona. I, I did for many years. Uh, but, but that year, a, a senior analyst um, manager from Forrester uh, told us in, in, the, uh, in his speech that the future of e-commerce belonged to ecosystem-based e-commerce platforms. And I was like, yeah, crazy hell, perfect. But but I have to admit that it's because of not having the money to do everything by ourselves that we did it the way we did it. But we ended up with a biscuit platform being headless and being ecosystem-based, meaning that, for instance, yeah, we have our, our very strong search uh, and browse module, uh, but underneath it's based on Elastic. So it's elastic with some very nice additions, giving value to uh, an, an ambitious online retailer. So we have ended up in a perfect situation. That's also what we learned from our international solution partners. That's, that's the right uh, platform at the right part of time. But, but I have to admit that some of it is by coincidence. And then we have been, we have, we have of course, when we saw that that was the right way of doing it, uh, we have just been doing even more of that. I don't believe that you can have a monolith uh, e-commerce platform today because everything is moving as fast as hell. Uh, think about some of the revolutions during these two COVID uh, years with, for instance, uh, live video shopping uh, or the very advanced um, uh, and, and very personal uh, chat modules. If you wanted to include that in your own web shop, you would you would miss some of the opportunities. So so this innovation it's it's pretty interesting because what what might start happening in e-commerce is what we have seen in all industries through all of the years that you end up being too large, too heavy, and too slow, and then the revolution, uh, the disruptions comes from outside of it. A very good example in, in, in Danish IT is uh, the online payment made by Danske Bank called Mobile Pay. Yes. The Mobile Pay guys were moved to another building, mm -hmm. another organization. They could have been a part of Danske Bank, but Danske Bank had learned that we should, we should make a, a fully separate organization. Uh, so I think with the speed of e-commerce today and the, the speed the accelerated speed of demands from from uh, the retailers today it's more or less impossible to do everything by yourself you need to have an ecosystem based approach that was also one of the the, the things we liked very much about quantum group when when uh, we had the the initial dialogue that they did not believe in this monolith uh, approach to e-commerce nice lars uh, this is very very interesting so for you, what's what's coming next? Because you mentioned that uh, a platform, you know, retailers first, they need to partner. It's all about mm -hmm. partnerships today, ecosystem. I, I believe very much in that as well. Uh, but what's the, the innovations then that you see from a from a tech commerce platform? 
what what's what's you have to be api based and what's what's going to change you know like uh, uh, where, where do you see companies like yours innovating and helping retailers? That's 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 where I want to get at, in terms of innovation. You know, yeah. uh, because because and let me get get uh, you know, if you think traditionally like a, a, an e-com platform could be just an a, an online shop is just a catalog, right? So you need to offer more, right? Yeah, so you're yeah. just not you just don't become a, a, a an online catalog, so to speak. So that's exactly. Uh, exactly. You need to beat Amazon. Mm. You need to be Amazon when it comes to, to the customer experience. Mm. And that should be the starting point for all of us supplying platforms or solutions to retailers. If we're just supplying a solution where you can have, like to say, a catalog, then in the end, you're not strong enough because you don't deliver your brand. And, and, and take into additional consideration that a retailer is now uh, even more in competition with many of the stronger uh, brands that has normally have normally just supplied the retailers, but now they have a direct to consumer uh, channel, sales channel, in fact. And, and that means that, that you really need to show your expertise uh, a company like Matas, you can get online expertise right away for, from more than 25 people working full-time online for giving online expertise. And of course, you know what? The basket size is bigger. The conversion rates are skyrocket high because it's more relevant to the, the customers. So you need to live your brand. You, you need to, to show your knowledge. If you're just moving products from A to B, everyone else can do that. But if you if you really uh, use your knowledge also online, you can make a difference. And it's up to us as the suppliers, the partners, uh, to make the platforms where you're able to do that. That also means new generations of uh, content management systems new demands for product information management systems, new demands for uh, APIs, microservices, all that stuff. But in the end, it's not about tech. It's about the customer journey, what the customers are expecting, and how the retailers should respond to that and run their companies in the future. We need to live up to the, the visions of the retailers and the opportunities uh, seen from their perspective. Of course, the ambitious, the ambitious ones, not not the not the the very old ones, not really wanting to invest in this. That's not the target. The target is the ones that are going to be the winners of the future. Perfect. Uh, so, with that said, uh, Lars, then and maybe we're we're. I'm just gonna try to get a, a, a different angle. Yeah. But your views on the corner store cornerstones to win in retail today? If you had to. You know, uh, to sum up the cornerstones to win in retail today, what would they be? First of all, don't have a digital strategy. Have a strategy where you use digital all the way around, everywhere in your organization. It's not it's not a, a, a corner of the company called digital. What we see with the most successful retailers today is that digital is influencing everything. 
it's influencing, of course, e-commerce, but it's also influencing the return process, uh, pick and pack, all logistics, uh, how you work on the floor in the stores, how you communicate personalized with the customers, which is an expectation of the customers today. Everything. So it's first and foremost, it's it's a it's a matter of using digitalization in the full company. That's that's absolutely key today. Fantastic, Lars. Uh, just to for us to 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 wrap this up, I think it's been amazing, like a masterclass. <laughs> uh, your views on the future, the future of. Uh, I, I always ask this this question, and I let you uh, I let everyone uh, talk because I, I find it interesting. Well, when 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 I when I started in this industry, we had no Facebook, no Skype, no Netflix, not even really a Google. We had like Alta Vista. Yeah. Uh, we had like nothing. And 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 imagine then how it will be 10 years from now or 20 years from now. We have seen nothing. And then add to that that the um, the investments in digitalization has just been accelerating due to uh, COVID-19. It's going to be absolutely crazy. And I think it's it's more or less impossible to say how will the world look in 10 years. But what you can do is to continue to be obsessed with your customers. If you're obsessed with your customers and you, you never are happy with, now I have understood how the world is running, but you're obsessed with, for instance, TikTok. It might be like, well, what is TikTok? And then you say, okay, I won't look at it. But you need to look at it. You need to look at all the new technologies. And, and perhaps you shouldn't run for all of those overnight, but you need to, to be interested in everything that is going on and then to be obsessed with your customers. And uh, yeah, then we do not know how the world looks in 10 or 20 years, but we, knew, we, we know that talent is a, a crucial resource that we are all in a talent competition now, which also means, and in fact, seen from a personal level, I love this because we need to be humble. Seen, seen from a management perspective, we need to be happy that people are again and again getting to work each morning to, uh, no matter if it's in the physical office or if it's in the home office, but going to work each morning and being a part of our companies. And, and to be able to attract and uh, recruit even more talents. And, and I think that combination to be obsessed with the customers and, and to, to be obsessed with talents, I think that's crucial looking forward. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I would like, yeah, thank you, Lars. Uh, we're done, but there's just one more thing that you made me think about it. How, uh, in terms of, you know, about your, your, your how do you, Your company culture. I mean, I'm I'm interested in that. Your views on on creating a, a safe environment, you know, I or a, a, a nice working culture. Uh, can you can you just give me your 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 views on that as well? I'd love. Yeah, to Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, I just had the introduction with eleven new colleagues this morning. So so, and 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 my introduction with the colleagues. It's a one hour introduction, and most of it is about culture. Mm -hmm. uh, so first of all, it's about 
being sure that we are all working because of a purpose, that we are not just going to work to get some money because we could do that anywhere in this industry. Then it's a matter of not focusing on having happy finances and isolate the focus on that. It's a matter of having happy customers and happy employees and believing in the fact that, which has now been proven by academics that, that focusing on happy customers and happy employees in the end that uh, gives us uh, the happy finances. And then it's a matter of work-life balance. Really work-life balance. When do you want to work? Which flexibility do you need uh, with your children or if you have some uh, ill family members or whatever you need flexibility? We are, we are in, a, in a unique industry. We are able to give this flexibility and of course we should then have this flexibility. When, 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 um, when we started Hesehus uh, 20 years ago, one of the main ideas was that we wanted to make a workplace where we would ourselves like to work. And, and I think we have managed to have this combination of Danish coziness, hygge, mm -hmm. uh, and very high ambitions. So we want to win, we want to win together, we want to, to um, make our customers and our partners winners. We want to be, make a difference. And at the same time, we want to have a nice workplace with very good work-life balance, uh, a very nice work-life balance approach. Um, and it's not easy, but I think looking at, at how we have managed to, to grow the company, at least until now, it has definitely been a success. And I'm, I'm, I'm very happy for uh, the, the, the whole team in Hesos, um, which is, is defining the culture. It's about culture. You cannot measure it. You cannot put it down into a spreadsheet. And that was, in fact, one of the key reasons why the Quantum Group was such a perfect match for us. It was that they knew that it's about culture. And you cannot, you cannot write in an Excel spreadsheet, uh, culture is this number, because how, how, how do, you, do you manage that? And I think that's, that's crucial in the future, that everyone remembers that we are people going to work, to have a purpose, to, to, to make a difference. Brilliant. Lars Hilo, thank you very much. Thank you, Carlos.